Hello and welcome to Pairing, a podcast where we pair wine with art and pop culture. I am your host, Emma Sherjarko, and this episode is part two of my conversation with Philippa Werner about the Mass Effect trilogy. As with the previous episode, there are lots of spoilers in here, so please listen at your peril. We mostly talk about the ending of the game in this, so there you go. If you haven't listened to the first part of this conversation, you don't necessarily have to, but we do reference some things that we mentioned in that part of it, so I do recommend listening to that one first if you have time. As I mentioned last time, Philippa is an author writing under the pen names Moira Katzen and Natalie Gray. But also, since last episode was released, the company that she works for, ScribeCount, has launched. ScribeCount is an online resource for independent authors to access all their sales reports in one convenient place. So if you are an author, you should absolutely check it out at ScribeCount.com. Thank you so much to all of our patrons, and especially our producer-level patrons, Emma Cohen, Rena Sarame, Zoo Yorker, and Caitlin Van Horn, all of whom I would go on crew hijinks with, and to our advanced producer, Michael Beck, with whom I would definitely go see Elcor Hamlet. If you would like to join this fabulous bunch of people, Come check us out at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to all sorts of extras. I couldn't find a super elegant way of connecting this one to our previous conversation, so for context, we'll be diving right in where we left off last time, discussing our favorite characters in the games. So, without further ado, here is episode 74, Mass Effect Part 2. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I'd have to go with kind of the what I understand are our classic fan favorites, um, mm-hmm. Morden and Garrus. Oh, Morden. Two. Sorry. Mor- yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, Morden, Morden is kind of a perfect character, character in a lot of ways. And that arc, like, yeah. the way it ends in three is just... yeah. And the way heartbreaking it's, perfection, and the way it's set up in two as well, because mm-hmm. like when you go on his loyalty quest, that that was one of the ones that I was like, man, these are really hard questions to like mm-hmm. know what the right answer is, and so I think I I think his whole his whole story and just the way he's written and acted and everything, he's he's just he's perfect. I love I I also love Garrus because I mean he's your he's your bro. Um, and I think some of my favorite moments in, like, just incidental moments in the game happen with Garrus. Like, when he like when he and Joker are exchanging jokes on the bridge, um, that's one of my favorites. Um, he and James are, like, uh, like, it starts out with them, like, rah, 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 and then it becomes, like, oh, they're bros. They're... <laughs> They love each other. Um, so I like that. I like that a lot. I like I, I, I just like the energy that he brings to to the game. And it's also I think it also might be that he is like the constant um, mm-hmm. in the three games. So I feel I feel safe. <laughs> That's true. I feel That's safe true. when he's there. But yeah, like, I mean, pretty much, as I said, almost all of the characters in into the only one who I feel like <laughs> is kind of kind of gets the the short end of the stick is Jacob um mm-hmm. and and is just like and I also I love his loyalty quest his loyalty quest is one of my well yeah favorites. you can see how they thought that they were gonna knock it out of the water with him because like right. that loyalty quest is insane but then once you do it like no, he, nothing happens with his character like he does not I mean, in three he does, and I like I like his story in three. Yes, um, although the people who romanced him were very unhappy. Oh, I bet they were. Because it means it. he snuck away during her tribunal and got some pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, deal with it, people. <laughs> he was never right for Shepard, anyway. Um, <laughs> but yes, I'm sure I'm sure that's much more awkward if you did romance him. But mm-hmm. um, but to me. It was sort of funny because I I decided very early on that like I wasn't interested in romancing him because he clearly at least at the beginning of the game like seems very uninterested in you and uh. at least at least that was my perception and so I was like no I'm not going to force this like it was hard for me to see him as anything other than like 
temptingly dangled eye candy. And I was right, like, well, I'm clearly right. supposed to romance you, right? But like, as um, as uh, Reg's mom calls him, yummy. Yes. Um. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, not yummy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can I have multiple romances, mom? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 it's funny because that in that sense that's how i think too in 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 video games um. now if you do romance either miranda or jacob morden will give you this talk about like be careful to look in your bits for listening devices. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's awesome oh, wow <laughs> that's awesome i love that um i did want to i i came up with a pairing for morden that i think is pretty mm-hmm. good um <gasps> yes. it's um it's I feel like Morden both is and would drink a Riesling um, because Rieslings um, and specifically, I think he would be a dry Riesling um, because they can be they can be sweet. And Morden does have his sweetness for sure. But Riesling is just known for this like hyper sharp acidity. um, Mm -hmm. And Morden is just like so I mean, he's, you know, he's Morden. So he's like hyper sharp. And so I feel like that's what that's what he would be drinking or that's kind of what encapsulates him before or after he killed someone with a rake um both <laughs> both yeah okay. the answer is one sip yes. before kill with a rake enjoy the rest <laughs> after oh <laughs> uh, he's so good um and i think miranda would be champagne um oh okay cuz she's uh, I, 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 that's one that I, I've gone back and forth on actually for her. Cause I think there's parts of her that like, you know, cause she, she comes from kind of a, a semi elitist background. Oh yeah. And I so, can definitely see her getting completely sloshed with Liara on, um, the really bad one. Absolutely. Just being absolutely. like, I never learned how to drink. It was, it wasn't permitted. Yeah. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I like that. I like that too. Okay. Um, I want to make sure that we talk about the end. Because, oh, yes. Um, I mean, there's a lot more there's a lot more to talk about, but I feel like by talking about the end, we might hit on some of those other things. Mm-hmm. But if there's anything else specifically that you wanted to talk about before then. Um, Not that I can think of. I mean, I'm sure it'll come to me at two in the morning. If there's, there was yeah, there's so much there's so much to talk about. But um, so I wanted to talk about the end because and I want to hear your thoughts. But obviously, obviously, you know, when you finish the game, unless you know about the you have the extended cut DLC Mm -hmm. and know about what you need to do to get there. Mm -hmm. And even if you do get that, um, there's devastating parts of each ending. Oh, yes. And I when I first finished the game, I mean, there was a certain amount of, of course, like sorrow um, mm-hmm. that I think, you know, is supposed to be there. But, um, but then I just felt like really mad <laughs> and, um, and I know a lot of people are, and that has lessened in the, in, mm-hmm. in the past few days since, since I finished the game and thought about it a lot more mm-hmm. and gone down an internet wormhole about oh, yeah. everything, you know, so I have a lot of thoughts, but so basically what my problem was at face value with with mm-hmm. the ending or the endings it doesn't it, it doesn't really matter which one you pick i mean it matters but like my problem is the same no matter what which mm-hmm. is that and maybe it's how i played the game but i felt like the ending is fundamentally very pessimistic and mm. um and that's not the story that I was part of telling up until this point. So again, spoilers. But so for me personally, the one I have the hardest time with, and I want to hear all your thoughts, but the hardest one I have a time with is the control option. Mm -hmm. It feels so wrong after everything that just happened with the elusive man. Yeah. And again, it could be how I played the game, particularly Mm -hmm. because I know you can make different decisions in regard to you know, at the end of two and in how you kind of deal with the elusive man. But in how I chose to deal with him, I was like, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> this feels so wrong. And I did, that was not the one I, I I picked initially. I did play all three endings just to see what they were. And I found that one deeply disturbing in like the ending sequence okay. too. 
I and, and I can understand how that would not be as disturbing to other people, but I was like, this feels really wrong and ominous to me. <laughs> no, so so here's the thing, and here's uh, and yeah, we didn't talk about this. I yeah. always choose control. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, it seems from the way that I play the game, yeah, I cannot fathom my shepherd making either the synthesis or destroy choice for as many people as it affects. Yeah. And so control is very much simply this, the calculus of the only people who get screwed over are me and the Reapers. Right. And that's where that comes from. I get that. No, I totally get that. It feels super ominous to me because I don't believe that it's going to go well. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people came down on that side and were just yeah. like, that's indoctrination. Um, yeah, yeah. I, th- I know there's me, the whole indoctrination theory. Yeah. But just having, like, I'm a, I am I believe the track that plays during that ending is called I Am Alive and I'm Not Alone. Mm. And so for me, that was a very bittersweet ending of everything else goes on. This quest consumed you. You were never going to survive it. But you pulled right. off something incredible. And you're still there you're different you aren't shepherd anymore so you're yeah not, you're not at a loss like other people can grieve you you can kind right. of grieve them right you're this different thing that has a different purpose and and so it it feels very final sounds wrong but it feels uh very satisfying to me as a, a character arc i get that um, i get that destroy always felt because I love Anderson, but like for some reason the destroy thing has never worked for me. Uh-huh. Probably Edie and the Geth is why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I want to play synthesis through. It just it it bothers me on a on a moral level. It's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting because it doesn't bother me as much. Um okay. synthesis, which is which is interesting. It, or at least it didn't at first. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, okay, no, you can't make that decision for the well, entire... for all those people. And it's right. Like it seems to go towards the only way for everyone to get along is for everyone to be the same. And you're like, oh, I do not like that. Yes, yes. And <laughs> and so on on paper, when I was first playing it through, I was like, well, that seems like the best option. You well, know, and that because... is really, it's very much what they're guiding you towards. Yes, definitely. Like, visually, right. like pushing things they're, right. they're trying to show you. Right. Um, the reason why I am coming around to destruction, as hard <laughs> as it is to lose Edie and the Geth, um, at least ostensibly. That's that's the sacrifice. One of our mutual friends has the headcanon that you just reboot all of them because you have the data stored hey, somewhere. Yeah, there you and go. So that's I just mean, how they play. I mean, it's possible. Like, cool. It's possible. The reason why I find that to be in some ways weirdly the most hopeful ending is mm-hmm. that, you know, the the catalyst tells you that if if you go that route, you'll destroy mm-hmm. the Reapers, but the cycle is just gonna start again. And I believe that going with that route, you're saying, no, I believe that the cycle will not continue and that or, you know, like, yes, organics are going to create synthetics again, but maybe they won't destroy each other this time. And Mm -hmm. like that's at least in my head, that's how you can justify or Shepard can justify making that decision. And in some ways, that's to me the most optimistic choice to make of being like because at least in my the way I played the game you know like I did manage to bring as many people together as I possibly could um you know with the Corians and the Geth and the Krogan and the Turians mm-hmm. and the Salarians and everything and so like believing that people will come together and make the world a better place this time even if that means, like, great sacrifice now. So I have to confess that since recording this episode, I did go back in my Mass Effect 3 playthrough so that I could bump up my EMS to get this quote-unquote best ending. Whether or not it's actually the best is highly debatable. I assume most of you know about this one different ending, but if you don't, if your EMS is high enough and you choose the destruction ending, you will get an extra special ending, and that may have some bearing on my coming around to choosing destruction as the best option. I don't know, maybe Bioware has indoctrinated me, but I'm very interested to hear all of your thoughts on the game's endings, so let us know what you like to choose. Mm -hmm. It sucks, though. I don't want to do it. 
Um. <laughs> yeah, and everyone winds up like stranded on the planets. And as they point out in the actual, the extended cut DLC, you have several people on a planet where they can't eat any of the local flora. Oh, no. Because it's, you've got like Tally and Garrus and they're not on a. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Though though I did play that through. And at the end of the, that, the Normandy does fly away. Um, mm, okay. So. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I don't know exactly what the what the implications are there. But yeah, so so the more I think about it, you know, there's things about it that I don't love on a, a base value as the the ending of the game. Um about each of the endings. I think that's the point is you're not supposed to like everything about every ending. Hmm. Um for me synthesis is is the ideal ending. Even though you can't, you obviously can't make that decision mm-hmm. for everybody in the world. You can't like play God that way and have it just be cool. Um, but, but for me personally, for Emma, I would love it if I were oh, yeah. part synthetic. I'd be thrilled. So yeah, um, <laughs> I, I would personally adore it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that yeah, works for me. And that's definitely the one. I mean, I won't tell you if you if you haven't played through it and want to play through it at some point, but. I think I've watched all of the endings. Yeah, so that one is the one that Edie narrates the ending. Oh, okay. And it's very positive. It's a very okay. positive narration as opposed to my god, like I I understand, I definitely understand your your thought process with with choosing control, but Reaper Shepherd voice freaks me the fuck out. Oh, <laughs> fair, enough. fair enough. I'm like, this is not good. <laughs> I don't feel good about this. <laughs> and then, and then, destruction is hack it, and it's sort of neutral, kind of. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. we, we, we won the war. There are heavy losses. We'll rebuild. Mm-hmm. We'll do it. So so anyways that's that's what I I wanted to talk about but but and in some ways it's 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 kind of it's kind of brilliant because it really does make you question these things like these yeah pretty deep questions about the relationship between synthetics and organics and mm-hmm. um and kind of what what role you can play in making a decision for people um, Oh yeah and I think and I think that's that is brilliant even if it's not ultimately totally satisfying in every ending depending on you know who you are and and how you played the game um and that was the big thing that i wanted to connect to winemaking because to a certain extent there is like a little bit of friction between quote-unquote organics and synthetics in winemaking so I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but there's a a very popular movement right now, which is the natural wine movement. Uh, and I have very mixed feelings about it. It's not it's not like mm-hmm. a bad thing in and of itself, but it's basically, you know, making wine it, as it sounds, making wine as naturally as possible with as little intervention as possible. Mm-hmm. And making wine is actually a pretty complex process. Oh yeah. So so in in my opinion it's good to have a mixture of like the organics like and that being kind of like you know mm-hmm. the soil the grapevines the grapes themselves how they're grown how they're raised and then once you go into the making process you need to use a little bit of technology mm-hmm. even if that technology is very basic to make wine that is good um because a lot of natural wine is really bad um <laughs> cuz it just hasn't been given the proper care and attention that mm-hmm. you need to get like a good, well-balanced wine. Hey there, quick caveat, because I feel like I spend a lot of time on this show being rough on natural wines. Um, there are a lot of good ones out there. I do want to make sure that's clear. I love a lot of natural wines, but my point is that being quote-unquote natural does not inherently make a wine good, and some of them can taste pretty much like vinegar, so it's not awesome. Anyway, that was my point. Yeah, I see this occasionally with in other things where uh, people For be like, sure. well, I don't crop my photos. And you're like, well, you should have. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. <come> on, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think it's something that can be applied. It's a it's a question that can be applied to a lot in in our in our life, in our modern mm-hmm. life. 
And so I um I felt like but I felt like that was a a, a pretty cool connection between the world of wine and the world of uh in the world of Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. Where Shepard is the winemaker, what will they choose? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully a, a little bit of a mixture of organic and synthetics. Um, but oh. yeah, I wanted to I wanted to bring up also because so so on the other end, my my old boss worked for a company that basically made completely synthetic wines. Like the grapes Ooh. were sort of bred in a lab. Basically, they weren't. They weren't grown mm-hmm. in, you know, out in vineyards. They were grown in a lab. And, like, you know, the chemical compositions of certain wines were were uh, painstakingly analyzed. And they basically make these wines in a lab to taste mm-hmm. like the wines made elsewhere. Okay, I misspoke here. The company I was referring to, which is called Replica, I don't think they actually breed the grapes in a lab like Grunt, um, but they get their grapes from vineyards, I, I believe. But the point is they do a ton of scientific research and use technology to a further extent in the winemaking process than most other wineries or companies do, and it's very purposeful. They do this with purpose and integrity, and ironically, a lot of their processes are actually a lot cleaner and better for the environment in a lot of ways. So this company actually exemplifies the synthesis idea to a further extent, I would say. Carry on. And they taste pretty close. Now, to me, that takes a lot of the romance out of it, and so I get why people like wouldn't love that. Some people do not care. They're like, mm-hmm. give, me, give me this synthetic wine. I, don't, I, I, I like it. I love it. Um, and to me, um, I probably wouldn't care if I didn't know, but um, there's just, like, something about knowing that, like, no part of making this wine involved, like, soil in the ground that mm. um, that makes it difficult for me. It doesn't mean the wine isn't yeah. good um, or well-made. It's just a totally different process. And so I thought that was that was sort of an interesting parallel to draw to like you know like creating the geth for example Mm -hmm. creating synthetic life that may overtake organic life because you can make wine that is as good for much much cheaper in a lot so yeah and what's actually come to mind is um so for a while i was uh subscribed to naked wines Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. yeah um and i love their stuff yeah Um, they're they're a good one though yeah they are they have some fantastic wines and you get to see these little updates from the winemakers. Yeah. And I remember um, one of them just writing and saying, we lost the entire crop. Yeah. This year. There yeah. was, I forget what it was that had happened, but it could have been a was frost. Cool just one or, of those things that yeah. just happens every once in a while. And it was yeah. sort of like, yeah, on the one hand, there's that sort of like, toil and you've got the fingers in the dirt and yeah. like and then there's stuff like this and you're like oh wow I can't yeah Ooh, that's a lot yeah no and it happens I mean it's been happening in California a bunch the past few years with all the fires mm-hmm. um you know burning not necessarily if not the whole vineyard then a lot of like the store like the storerooms yep. are get just getting destroyed so, yeah, it's heartbreaking and it's awful. And in that sense, it's like, yeah, it would be cool if we could have a safe way of mm-hmm. of making these wines and having these people earn a living without being at the mercy of nature. Yes. But, but hey, that's not quite the world we live in yet. No, it is not. Um, I look forward to, to the day that we are all um, part organic, part synthetic, but... See, that would be nice. It would be nice. I can't wait to, like, have my joints be synthetic. Yes. My joints hate me. And, yes. like, get rid of, uh, like, have my teeth be synthetic. Oh, my synthetic, God. Yes. Which you, like, can technically do now, but still. Yes. Like, very I, expensive. Yep. Yep. No, mm-hmm. I would be totally there for that. Oh, yeah. That reminds me. Um, another one of my favorite jokes in mm-hmm. all of Mass Effect is the toothbrush in his oh, trainer's yes. trainer's toothbrush <laughs> yes i it's love so that good. <laughs> uh, i have to do a call out though for one of my absolute favorite moments in mass effect yes. which is either in two or three with the hunt for red october there is a moment where they're going up to the geth ship and they say something about well won't they see us coming and legion says oh, oh uh windows are structural weaknesses the geth don't use them and joker says yeah we can 
roll up just belting out the Russian national anthem. No, I do remember that. I do remember that. Yes, that was amazing. (laughs) Because because I remember I was playing it and it sort of went over my head. I was like, huh, that's a weird thing to say. And then Winston like burst out laughing and he was like, that's what they do in the Hunt for Red October. I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Thought I heard singing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so good. Um, I I also speaking of Joker, who is voiced by Seth Green. I just have to give a a call out to this incredible voice cast. Like oh yeah, like oh holy crap, absolutely insane. How how mm-hmm. good they are, and and truly, what I think sets sets this game above. Um, I mean. I haven't played that many games, but I imagine it sets it above many other games is mm-hmm. the quality of the writing, the storytelling, the performances. Um, mm-hmm. And so so just just props to props to Bioware for investing in your talent. Well, that <laughs> I know there's like all sorts of issues going on with Bioware. I don't know the details, but. Um, oh, yeah, it's um, and actually that has been. A, a disappointment of the past few weeks, and I hope mm. it will um, straighten out. Has been watching the one of the groups I was in for Mass Effect, which was this uniquely happy, supportive place, just yeah. devolve into griping and just like fighting with each other about the new trailer. You're like, oh come on, guys, oh. we were doing so well, and then we yeah. got more of the thing, and now we're angry for some like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you be angry? <laughs> well, but I mean, like, yeah. I guess I I can understand it. I mean, since I just came into it, I sort of have a different perspective. But I can imagine, you know, if I played three when it came out, what, seven, eight years ago, and, and like, had all this time to, like, come up with my own headcanon and, and like, theories mm-hmm. of what what happened or what could happen, and then to, like, suddenly be told, like, oh, no, you're getting a continuation of this story. Well, see, that's one of the things that I strongly, like, that is definitely not, because, like, you see Reapers go down in any of the endings. Yes. And so it's like, th- that isn't, so technically the only thing it's erasing is if you have a low enough uh, EMS score, uh-huh. you can have your two squad mates who are going to the Crucible die with you or the Catalyst. Got it. Um, and so Liara can be one of those. Interesting. So that is possible. Interesting. Um, so that's the only that's ending the only that this ending. would explicitly right. deny. Right. No, no. And and that's not and that's not a problem for me, um, in terms of like like I'm not concerned about what they're going to make canon in terms of the ending. Yeah. Like I we'll see we'll see what they do. Like, but I, I will accept whatever choice they make. Mm-hmm. I, I have my own headcanon if I need it. Um, yeah, exactly. But I don't I don't understand like being upset that there's going to well, be more. The, <laughs> the big upset feeling uh-huh. seems to be. And what was very interesting originally was that people split into two camps pretty much right off the bat, mm. which was, oh, thank God. It's not going to be more Mass Effect Andromeda. And, yeah. oh, thank God they're continuing Mass Effect Andromeda. And it looks like neither of those groups may be correct, in fact. Right. It seems like there's going to be... They're merging the two. Yeah, there's going to be some involvement. Um, yeah. And as someone who took a couple of playthroughs to warm up to Mass Effect Andromeda, but now really adores it. Um, Got it. I love the idea of that combo. Um, awesome. And there is... Uh, there is a fan theory that I will not spoil for you because, as I understand it, you have not played Andromeda. I have not played Andromeda. Okay. Yeah. So um, there is one fan theory that is that might be addressed in that teaser trailer. Sure, um, sure. Might or might not. Um, and, yeah, and so that would be an interesting thing to see. But, but it was like it had that feel. It had that – because, like you said – Mass Effect is so profoundly hopeful. And one of the trends that I have really disliked over the past few years in media has been grimdark. Yeah. Like nothing matters. Nothing good you do matters. And so even when Shepard dies in your ending, there's this feeling of however you do it, you saved the world. Yeah. And that is true. That is true. There is that. All of your efforts. There is that optimism in each each of them. Um, And it doesn't shy away from the fact that so, for instance, the Volus 
envoy in Mass Effect 3. And that was uh-huh. one of the things that I always get upset about because uh-huh. I turned down those military resources, mm. um, which always feels terrible to me. And then I feel like, well, I should never be allowed to command anything in wartime because like, <laughs> I make these emotional decisions. They're like, no. Uh, <laughs> I do find the Volus really annoying. I did. I did get there. Um yeah, just, just the way, just the like, way they speak. It's just like technically, like oh, it, it's yes. so grating. Like after a while, right? I don't have anything. Like, oh come on! Technically against the Volus. No. Now the Elcor. Those are a different matter. I love the Elcor. <laughs> I will. Yes. I will die for the Elcor. But <laughs> <laughs> I do love the Elcor. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I yes. Um, I even kind of like the the Hanar and the whole like the Hanar the Hanar Spectar. The Hanar are really <laughs> interesting. Um, mm-hmm. kind of terrifying and 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 creepy in a lot of ways, but I'm very interested in them. Um, mm-hmm. And I at least did not get much of the Hanar. I imagine, based on what I know of some of the other DLCs that I did not get, there might be more of them in, in the game. There's a huge amount. But, but yeah, there's, they're mostly in one. Like, you interact with several Hanar in one. Yeah, and, and then they maybe, don't do much after that. And maybe one in three, two. And I think they may have but, used Thane to sort of phase them out. Yeah, like, yeah. But now they don't now, do combat, so. Now we have the drill, so, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, I interrupted your train of I thought. I can't remember. But you were, you, so you were saying you never accept the, the Volus Envoy. Um, <gasps> oh, trying to get you to just doom the Turian colony because it's a completely false dichotomy, mm. first of all. But also I can't be like, oh, yeah, sure, just, like, slaughter a whole bunch of people you don't need to slaughter mm. in order to, like, give you, like, it's the end of the world if you can't see. And that's one of the things that actually cements Arya as one of my favorite characters. Oh, I love she Arya. Up and she's like, yeah, the world's ending. You can have all my resources. Yeah. No. Thank you. I love Arya, and um, and she is voiced by uh, Carrie Ann Moss, yes, who is amazing. And if they ever make like a live act, ac- live action adaptation of oh God, Mass I Effect, I hope she's Arya because mm-hmm. she's she's so perfect. Um, mm-hmm. so yes, um, but yes, that reminds me. I did want to mention probably my favorite joke in the whole game <gasps> is Elcor Hamlet. <laughs> 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 it just feels like a joke made for me because um, I'm a huge Shakespeare nerd. And so <laughs> I love that, that there's the whole like, yeah, yes, that uh, pretty much whoever you are, you go into Mass Effect and there's that one joke where you're like, yes, so great. it's so good. It's so good. So good. No, it's 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 brilliant. Um, Yeah. I just wish I could have romanced Chocolates. Ooh, I would 100% yes. have romance Chakwas. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I meant to say, obviously Chakwas is the which kind of ice wine that she always... Oh, yep. The, She's the ice wine. Yep. Let me look it up real quick. I know someone who... So on Twitter, I was saying, like, God, I wish that you got a chance to romance her. And someone was like, well, my headcanon is that they bang after the ice wine. I yeah. Like, I will roll with that. Yeah. From now on. Yeah, definitely. You just don't get to see it. Cerise mm-hmm. Ice Brandy, because she's classy. But yes, no, I love her. I love Chakwas. Yeah, all of the all of the kind of incidental characters on on the Normandy. That's one of the things is like they're all they're not there for very long, but they have yeah. such make such an impression. And she is one of the most profoundly hopeful of them where she says, yeah. you know, she's very wry about it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I thought that I was going to tend to wounded soldiers with romantic eyes and tortured souls yeah. and like She's poking fun at herself, but like she's still there helping everyone out. Absolutely, no. I think she's she's a great, great character. Yeah, and I, uh, my main reason why I need to replay too. I mean, other mm-hmm. than that, it's amazing, and I just want to replay it. Is that I made the fatal mistake of once the IFF was installed. Oh yes, I thought I would have time to go do something and then wake up Legion. And so I tried to go do something, and then the collectors attacked the ship. Yeah. And then I woke up Legion and did his uh, loyalty quest because I, yeah, you like, Winston looked it up for me, and we were, like, very unclear about the timing of everything. But I was like, I think I can do this. And I went, and so because of that, I lost half the crew. And mm-hmm. um, though it is deeply disturbing watching Kelly die because she's the only one that you, like, watch her See, die. Yeah. 
it breaks my heart to know and that um Gabby does not make it. Um yes. Gabby and oh god, what's the Scottish guy's name? I can't remember. I can't remember, but Donnelly, I think. Donnelly, yeah. Yeah, he makes it. She does not. And so and so in three, I don't know what it's like in three if she survives, but in three he's there and he's just really sad the whole time. Oh yeah. No, no, if you let if Kelly doesn't die in three, she has rethought her stance on Cerberus. Oh, that's good. Great. That's good. But like that was one of the things that super creeped me out about her. Yeah. Like, oh, yes, we do occasional terrible things, but like I'm so chipper and happy to be here. Like, yeah. Oh god. Oh yes. By the way, I was gonna give her Prosecco um, because she's so bubbly all the time. Mm. I mean, I love Prosecco, but I think that seems like something that she would drink. A eh? and oh yeah, and it just like, and sometimes Prosecco can be just like a little too sweet. And 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 she's that prosecco that's like a little too sweet sometimes. Intriguing. Though I um you know I she didn't she didn't super bother me when you mentioned that I was like oh yeah that is creepy that she's like super on board with Cerberus because I think well yeah when I was first you ask her yeah because when I was, like you do these terrible things she's like our methods may be harsh but it needs to be done yeah like, okay <laughs> okay I think I think what it was is that I I was like you know I talked to her basically right at the beginning of two and not and I didn't like go into much deep like I check in with her after that mm-hmm. but at that point I was like I don't know what the deal with Cerberus is yet so um mm-hmm. so I think her kind of chipperness about it didn't bother me quite as much um because you know I mean you know that Cerberus is evil but you don't really uh really fully understand it until like you start going on Jack's quest and Mm-hmm. Uh, or or it's like it's it's developed upon. Yes. Or if you've done some of the quest in one with Right. I think I think I Which I, I hadn't done the first time. I did some of them. I did the one where you like, yeah, you end up on the, the planet with the Thresher Maw and mm-hmm. they and I did do that. And that was the that was the first time playing the game that I was like, I cannot not die. Why? <laughs> my first no matter where i drive it comes up under yeah yeah and then eventually i figured i figured it out but it was like with the brutes when i first encountered the brutes in three i was like i don't understand i can't beat them and then i was like oh i just have to run away from them until i have a gun good enough oh god (laughs) it was the banshees oh god the banshees the penultimate fight yeah took me i want to say like 30 tries yeah it took me easily it took me a really long time um the banshees are the worst they're the scariest for sure Mm -hmm. and scariest slash possibly hardest to to kill especially if you know who they are yeah which you can't i don't know if you you knew about that yeah they're the ardot yakshi um well and if you uh don't go to grissom academy and save jack she's one of them oh that's you hear right her get turned into a banshee that's right i did mm-hmm. hear about that i did hear about that yeah well, well i read that i read that in and the if mom's more than two i think she turns into one yeah i read that in the mom's blog yeah she's yeah so Ugh. yeah yeah oh yeah and then there's and then there's kai lang who oh lord is the worst um absolutely the worst absolutely the worst though i actually winston told like winston was like the final fight with him is gonna be so hard i actually didn't it it wasn't that hard for me i think i think and maybe i died once but i don't i don't don't even think i did i think i had the same thing and it was yeah it was kind of like the end of mass effect 2 where you're like yeah okay like i if I can get through it without dying, right, right, clearly this, <laughs> right. I mean, and the though the um the killing of Kai Lang is possibly one of the most satisfying moments in mm-hmm. the game for sure. That is my uh, Liza falling out of the moon door in Game of Thrones. Moment. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, which like yeah. I was not able to watch most of Game of Thrones. I came yeah. back for that specific episode because I was like, it's yeah, gonna yeah, happen. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's so satisfying. It's so good. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could I could keep I've been I've been just like playing and thinking about these games and will continue to for Oh yeah. 
many moons to come. And I'm I'm just so grateful that um, between you and Winston and all many of these other people in my life who, by the way, people have been coming out of the woodworks to talk to me about Mass Effect, like people I haven't talked to in like oh, yeah. 10 years are like, oh, that's how one you of my do? current closest friendships like yeah. started back up after college. Yeah, was absolutely. And so that's that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing for like people to come together and like share this experience but also like everybody has a unique experience and a unique mm-hmm. relationship to it. So it's 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 pretty great. I'm super excited for the remaster and yes. um and for the next game whenever that happens. Oh yes. And definitely you should play Andromeda. I will. I will I definitely play thoughts. Andromeda. Yes. yes. I've heard mostly bad things about it, but you saying that you've now come around to it gives me hope that I will. It was one where I really needed to know the arc of the story to be able to figure it out. Mm. And there are a couple of different ways you can play it. Mm -hmm. Um, So ironically, playing it one way, even though that's not my favorite way to play it now, Mm -hmm. like gave me a new view of it, which is like you, you honestly can just like do the main mission. And then go bum around with your crew doing random things. Yeah, yeah. Like, for hours and hours. And so it's, like, wacky crew hijinks. Ooh, I, um, I kind of like that. I like wacky crew right? hijinks. Yeah. Um, like, there are a couple of things that won't turn out fantastically in the endings um, if you haven't done a whole Some bunch stuff. of stuff. Yeah, but like, sure. But, yeah, it's, it's a very um, – I'm going to try to say this in a non-spoilery way. When you play the original Mass Effect trilogy, you are mm-hmm. already a badass. You are Shepard. Right. You have proved yourself. Mass Effect Andromeda is an origin story. Yeah. And so it's very it. different. Um, Got it. And it's very relatable in a lot of ways. Yeah. But okay, cool. I, I I like that. Okay, I'm glad. I'm really glad to hear that because I'd heard mostly mediocre to bad things about it. And so. Yeah. I think it's also like it's incredibly difficult and. So they pulled a lot of their top string people off of Mass Effect Andromeda in the middle of development to go over to Anthem. Interesting. And what you're left with is, as you look at the story, it is so incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the same time, there is, like, and I can't even wrap my mind around how I would do this as an author. Mm -hmm. Like, I've written a lot of books. And to make mm-hmm. a book that would hang together in a suspenseful format, no matter which order I put the chapters in. Mm. Holy shit. How that's, would I do that? <laughs> absolutely. I mean, that's something that's something I think about with, um, and I haven't played Andromeda, but but that's something I think about with, with just the video games that I've played. It's like, holy shit. Like, there's got to be so many variables and yeah. like you have to figure out ways that these things will connect depending on the order in which they're done and it's just like exactly it's crazy and i honestly think what happened in the end with andromeda wasn't that the quality of the writing was wrong mm-hmm. in any way it was that they didn't have however many resources they needed for the rounds of testing to be like okay it's not quite hanging together if you play it this way versus got it like and i'm this is a guess. I'm not at anywhere. But yeah. like, oh my God, it was a gorgeous story. And like Great. So Okay. Well that that gives me that gives me hope. And I will definitely um I will definitely play it in that case. And speaking of, um, you mentioned that you have written many, many books. Um <laughs> I uh I you know, if there's anything else we want to touch upon with Matt, I mean, again, there's we could probably talk endlessly about it. Um, but Unless, unless there's anything else, I wanted to give you an opportunity to plug some of the things Aww. that you do because you you have created many things, <laughs> and um, and this is the truth. Uh, and and I may be biased, but I'm a big fan of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so as uh, listeners may know, um, yes, Emma has narrated. Actually, the book that put me on the map, which yes. is Shadowborn. Yes. So I run into two pen names, Moira Katzen and then Natalie Gray. And Shadowborn is just, it's my baby. I love it so much. I love it and too. So, it's, and my, so, it's my audiobook baby. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just like, I read it occasionally. Like, I'll go back because I want to, you know, figure out some plot point or something. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. I, like, there's some fantastic parts to this i'm not sure if you're allowed to do that with your own writing but yeah hell yeah um, hell yeah so i i write obviously and i have also been ghostwriting which has been very interesting and i'm trying to sort of uh 
move get all of the ghostwriting experience right down and and channel that into new works on my own which uh emma has been beta reading for me i will not say too much but i am super (laughs) excited for what may be coming it's so good oh my god yes uh yes it will come out one way or another yes one way or another um will be brought to life I am very, very excited about that. And um, and to bring the rest of the um, Light and Shadow oh, yes. trilogy or series to life. It, it, it is happening. I promise. I'm working on it. <laughs> it 2020 has been a bitch of a 2020 year. 2020 has like... been a bitch of a year. Um, and and But it is it is happening, and I am super excited about it. Yay! Yay! I cannot wait to hear it all. And Woo-hoo! I can't wait to just like listen to all of like I want to do a couple of listens through the audiobook. Right? It's 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 so it's it's a it's a totally different experience. Like I still it's funny because I am, you know, trying to make narration like part of my career um and I mm-hmm. do love it and I love audiobooks, but there's there there is such a different experience between listening to a book and reading a book. Um Oh and, yeah. And and I love both. Um so so yeah, yeah, I'm it's not sure. really interesting. Um, it's you know, I one of my very close friends was um, loves reading in certain contexts, and then yeah. was just really struggling with a whole bunch of college courses. Mm. And once they switched over to audiobooks, it was like they came alive in mm. that class. And so it's really interesting seeing how different people interact with language in terms of read versus spoken versus. Yeah, my um, so. Winston, as he he's said many times, um, is an auditory learner, and so he just like mm-hmm. devours podcasts and and audiobooks, and um, and I'm not quite the same way. Ironically, I actually am a little bit more of a visual learner, but I mm-hmm. love audio as well, and I'm coming to love it more and more. Um, Especially to is... be able to like race through some stuff and then take your time with some stuff. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's totally. It's a. It's a great. It's a great, you know, option to have. Well, Philippa, this has been just just a delight. Wonderful. Um, I mean, we've been talking about this, just messaging each other for 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 weeks now. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for 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 being my guide through. <laughs> well, and for letting me watch Mass Effect through new eyes. Yes. Yes. It. Um, it's. I, I totally understand because, at, at, I mean, at first when I started Mass Effect, like, Winston would just sit and watch me play. And I was like, mm-hmm. f- at first I was like, well, yeah, I'm really bad at this. Don't watch me. But um, but then I was like, oh, I understand. I would definitely sit mm-hmm. and watch someone play this game. Absolutely. Yeah. And the night that you, you messaged me about, like, I'm going to Vermeer. Yeah. And I feel like it might be pivotal. And I was like, oh, it's so good that she cannot see my face. Yeah. It's yeah. So good that she cannot see my face. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone on you saw this, I think, on yeah. Twitter got really, really upset because he thought that I had sent you to Ilos instead of Fire. Oh, no, I didn't. I was like, no, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't see that. No, but um, I saw. I saw that you tweeted about it. I was like, yep, that was me. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's funny because I I am generally like, or I am discovering, I'm very completionist as much mm-hmm. as I can be, and that's part of why it took me months and months and months and months to play Witcher because if you do absolutely everything and you can't do absolutely everything there is to do in Witcher um it's it's or you can but it will take you a really long time and a lot of it is very unsatisfying um but so (laughs) but so but so like my concern in that moment I was like wait I've got these little side quests to do and um and I was like if I if I do this can I still do the side quests and yes, it turns out you can still do the side quests after Vermeer. Um, but in some points of the game, you do reach a point where you can't go back, where there's yes. no return. So so I'm 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 glad that I asked. Yes. Because if it had been Ilos, it would be like, no, 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 no. No, no. Yeah, do no, go go do go do whatever you want to do. Do it now. Yeah. Yeah. No, Vermeer is brutal. Um, that's like that. I feel like that's where Mass Effect like became Mass Effect, and it's just like you're gonna have to make heart wrenching decisions every once in a while. Yeah. So thanks. I thanks Bioware. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, Bio Weep. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> so yes, thank you so much for yeah, having me on, and I do thank hope to you. come back for Andromeda. Yes, yes. Once I've played Andromeda, then I will 
bring you back and we will discuss and maybe you know absolutely we'll see we'll see when i i imagine the new game won't come out for at least a few years so oh yeah probably or uh, at I least think the remaster is like next march yeah and yeah. i've already told some clients i'm like by the way i'm not going to be available for like a week yeah in march. yeah yeah which week yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> but there there will be a week maybe i'll do that too just take just take mass effect week <laughs> and <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> That's the one. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, I look forward to that. And until then, cheers and cheers. Be well. And uh, you know, I'm sure we'll be we'll be talking about other playthroughs. Absolutely. Oh, the, my, my next playthrough, which I've I've promised Winston, I will wait at least another week. <laughs> yeah, I just drive Bryce completely up a wall because he'll be like, "Why are you playing Mass Effect again? There's so many video games." Like, yeah. I, yeah it's comfort it's like it's comfort food you know it's it i get it i get it and it's also i mean i haven't played all the video games but i have like seen enough of them that i know that like this one is special and Mm -hmm. or at least it's special to the people to whom it it is special and yeah and i think that's one of the the goals of art is you there are certainly I think it's an underappreciated talent to be able to write a blockbuster and something that really speaks to so many people. Absolutely. Um, and that, that's a much higher form of art than it's generally given credit for. Agreed. Um, Agreed. But I think a great deal of art, the goal is simply for it to find its people. Mm-hmm. And, and like, it doesn't work for everyone, but for some people it really does. So. Yep. Yep. No. Nope. that's Mass Effect. And I am one of those people. I have now joined. Thank goodness. The Fold. <laughs> I hate myself for us. making One that joke, us. but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm here. Pairing was created, hosted, and produced by Emma Sherjarko, with music and audio recording by Winston Shaw and logo artwork by Darcy Zimmerman and Katie Huey. This episode was edited by Emma Sherjarko. Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Pairing Podcast to keep tabs on what we're up to. And feel free to send us any thoughts, questions, requests, and pairings of your own on our website, thepairingpodcast.com, via email at pairingpodcast at gmail.com, or on any social media platform. Come check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive content, customized pairings from me, live streams, and more. Also, check out our merch store on our website at thepairingpodcast.com slash merch. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with your friends. Thank you so much for listening to Pairing, where you come for the stories and stay for the wine.